Just when Von Palmer thought it was safe to start leaving the house, I read this story about Victoria Police finding a four-foot snake on someone's ground floor patio in an apartment building. Vaughn, how do you feel about snakes in your neighborhood? Ah, snakes are no problem. I don't really? worry about them. It's only things that fly that, you know... It's a four-foot kind of, snake, Vaughn, just randomly too, sitting there. It's <laughs> too hard to step on and they're too big to avoid. So snakes, ta. Don't worry about them. Don't get me started on spiders, though. <laughs> okay. I learn so much about you every day when we do this. Um, all right, let's talk about BC's fiscal picture. Took a bit of a hit yesterday. Yeah, so we got another downgrade for British Columbia. Last week, uh, Fitch, one of the big credit rating agencies, downgraded BC. And this week, it's Standard & Poor's, uh, both cases. Um, well, the New Democrats inherited the best credit ratings in the country among provinces, and uh, for a long time, uh, you know, approaching their fourth anniversary, John Horgan would regularly tell you they'd maintain those credit ratings. They deserve credit for it. Uh, they did well. It was seen as a point of pride for BC, but we're getting downgrades now. Uh, it's not really all that surprising given how much uh, debt has been added, how much borrowing has been added. Uh, Finance Minister last week, Selena Robinson, blamed the downgrade on the pandemic, and, you know, there's certainly a huge factor in it. Uh, She says that BC's finances are still prudently managed, and we'll get them back under control eventually. Uh, But, you know, the downgrade matters. Um, It's not just a point of pride, although it is. It's a relative rating to how well you're doing compared to other provinces. Of course, the irony is that you're being downgraded, Simi, because you're borrowing more, and the downgrade means you can pay more interest. You'll be charged more interest on your borrowing because it's more risky. So you're having to pay more for borrowing at a time when you're borrowing more, and this is a trap that other jurisdictions have gotten into much deeper than British Columbia. So that's what we're looking at. Okay, so aren't other jurisdictions in the same situation? Yeah, I mean, Robinson points out that in general, the rating agencies out there are uh, uh, producing some sobering reports um, on the situation right across Canada. So when all the ratings are in, there's four big agencies, when all the ratings are in later this year, you'll be able to sit down and say, okay, well, we're downgraded by two of them. Um, The outlook is not as positive as it used to be, but we'll know, we might, BC might still be able to say, but comparatively, we're still doing better than everybody else, because that's been the record in BC. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not fatal to the government's fiscal credibility by any means. And it is true. Uh, what Robinson said, that British Columbia has a history of um, prudent forecasting on its budgets. So we regularly, on budget day in February, well, this year it was in April, we get these forecasts that, you know, the deficit's going to be this and the borrowing is going to be this, and then they exceed that target. They, 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 uh, oh, they underperform it, I guess is the right way to say. We don't end up borrowing as much. The deficit doesn't end up as being as large because there's some prudence built into it. So this is more of a warning sign on the horizon 
horizon than any kind of permanent verdict on the NDP's management of finances. They're still approaching the fourth anniversary on the 18th of taking office. Uh, Their record has been pretty good on this. The liberals, of course, Simi would immediately say, yeah, but they inherited (laughs) that. Yes, they did inherit it, but they've also managed it fairly well. So to be fair, I think you have to say both things. When is the next economic update expected, though, from the finance minister? Well, we should get the public accounts for the last uh, financial year, which would be uh, the financial year ending March 31st. We usually get that in July, so we would expect that fairly soon. And then we get an update on this financial year, the year that began April the 1st. That usually comes the first week in September. So again, uh, we get these updates fairly quickly. Uh, I've asked the finance ministry for uh, the minister's reaction to the S&P downgrade. I expect she'll say exactly what she said last week on Fitch, which is, yeah, well, it's the pandemic, and look, uh, we're still confident that we can manage our way out of this. Right. Uh, and they haven't talked at all about the potential for having increased taxes. Like, they're not laying that groundwork. Nobody just... wants to talk about no. that, and <laughs> you're certainly not going to hear it from the federal government with an election approaching. But if you look at the way the debt has grown, uh, both just in sheer numbers and as a share of provincial revenues, I think in the medium term, both the national government and the provincial government are going to have to look at increasing some taxes to pay the bills. Uh, there is a, there's an awful lot of bills still coming in, and yes, the economy is recovering, but yeah, and we've already heard some of this, right? Our, our, there's talk about a parking tax in Vancouver. Um, you know, I think there's been talk about uh, a tax on home equity. There's been a talk about taxing inheritances. It's it's all just talk at this point, and I don't expect any of the federal politicians to tell us anything no. this year. But I think in the long run, yes, there are going to have to be some tax increases to pay for all this. And, you know, uh, people wanted and needed, uh, the country needed a lot of this spending. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're going to say, well, and we're also going to have to pay for it. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the federal election there because you're right. We're not going to hear anything about paying for all of this. But I'll bet you the awakening will be rude uh, once that election is won by whoever wins it. Yeah, you're right. Hey, we had a, a call at my household from the Liberal Party of Canada really? the other day. Yeah, no, it was great. They phoned us, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, my wife, Dale, took the call, and she said, uh, you know, essentially, does this mean a federal election is coming? And they went, oh, no, no, you know, we, we, we don't know anything about a federal election. Oh, wait, you're just calling us to see how we're doing in the heat, right? You know, do you want another check? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're so Just random, is that right? it? There's the Liberal Party of Canada calling to see how you're doing, right? You know, the pri- I gather the Prime Minister's coming to British Columbia. Now, he's probably just coming, right. you know, to show off what the new hairstyle and the shave and all that. Uh, it's got nothing thing to do with the approaching federal election. Oh, of course. No, yeah. never. Um, also, we, apparently you're going to give us an update on the hydrogen yeah, buses. Yeah, the hydrogen buses. How? So yesterday, you know, we're getting a new hydrogen strategy here in British Columbia, Simi, and uh, asked the minister what about whatever happened with the old ones. So way back at the time of the Olympics, British Columbia federal government spent mm, $90 million uh, on a fleet of 20 hydrogen-powered buses, which... Uh, were in service between Vancouver and Whistler uh, for the Olympics. Um, they've since 
disappeared. And I sort of wondered where they were. So I asked BC Transit. And the answer I got back is that the experiment lasted five years. And at the end of the day, BC Transit sold the buses back to the manufacturer. Now, this is a classic government deal. The buses cost $2 million apiece. And they sold all 20 of them back to the manufacturer for $1 million, so $50,000 apiece. It's, uh, well, uh, it's, been, it's called a successful <laughs> experiment. I'm sure the manufacturer felt that way, but I don't know if a taxpayer would feel paying $2 bucks apiece and getting, getting $50,000 each back right? is necessarily a great deal. The next stop, Vaughn, now is to ask the manufacturer what they did with the buses and find out that they resold them to somebody else for a hundred grand apiece. You know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, as I said to you, maybe they're in the same lot out there uh, uh, at the end of the world with the fast with fairies. The fast Fairies, uh, somewhere be beyond. They That's they, so they've true. disappeared off the face of the earth too. I, last time I checked, I couldn't find out where the fast fairies ended up. I mean, they, they were sold to somebody overseas, but uh, beyond that, we don't know. It's BC politics is the gift that gives to all other jurisdictions. Apparently, it is indeed. It uh, is thank indeed. you for that, Vaughn. Bye bye, Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. There.